Welcome to the worship podcast of Grace Episcopal Church in Newton, Massachusetts for Sunday, September 24th, 2021. I'm Regina Walton, pastor and rector of Grace Church. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are welcome at God's altar at Grace Church. Just a reminder that we recently shifted our full liturgy of the word to Zoom and live streaming at 11 a.m. on Sundays. The link to join the Zoom meeting is in Grace Today, or you can watch the live stream without joining the meeting by going to our website, gracenewton.org. These shorter podcasts will include the Collect of the Day, the Gospel, the Sermon, and the Closing Hymn. Next Sunday, January 31st, we will change the schedule a bit with worship at 10 a.m. and then our annual meeting, also on Zoom, at 11 a.m. May God bless you this week and always. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Give us grace, O Lord, to answer readily the call of our Savior Jesus Christ, and proclaim to all people the good news of his salvation, that we and the whole world may perceive the glory of his marvelous works, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark, chapter 1, verses 14 through 20. Glory to you, Lord Christ. After John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be found acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. We in the Boston area are way out on the edge of the eastern time zone, and so in the winter we are used to very short days. Today the sun will set at 4.48 p.m., which is an improvement over one month ago when it set around 4 o'clock. This year, these short days have hit me harder than in most years because I've become accustomed to taking a walk at the end of the day as part of my own pandemic coping strategy, and it's just more difficult to do that regularly now without a good amount of forethought. Often by the time I look up from my work, it's already dark and the temperature has dropped. I've missed my window. The day is done. Paul in 1 Corinthians says, the appointed time has grown short. He is thinking apocalyptically, eschatologically, in other words, about the end of the world. The first Christians believed that Jesus would come back in their lifetimes. Much of this section of his letter to the church at Corinth is about helping people sort out their relationships and life choices in light of the imminent return of Christ. What is the better course of action? 
when there is not much time left. Today in the church, we tend to have a longer timeline for the arrival of the second coming, but that does not mean that we should put aside this eschatological awareness of the early church. Indeed, in our current moment, I find Paul's words very relatable. The appointed time has grown short. A few days ago, I read an article from the Associated Press about what the writer called the four emergencies President Biden will face in his first days in office, the coronavirus, systemic racism, climate change, and the economy. Time has grown very short in responding to each of these emergencies. Paul also writes, for the present form of this world is passing away. That certainly feels true. So many structures in our nation and our world that were obviously not sustainable are giving way in the context of the pandemic. The pandemic has been a kind of apocalypse from the Greek meaning revelation. Early on in the pandemic, I remember a number of articles about the impact that closing the nation's schools would have on children and families. People were saying, you can't close the schools because so many children rely on the free breakfast and lunch programs there because this is the only child care that many families have. The schools are the only source of health care and social services for many American children. They are the only source of stability for homeless children. The pandemic made apparent just how many other systems in our national life had failed to the point where the schools were the last line of defense against hunger, illness, and homelessness for millions of American children. And yet our public schools are funded by property taxes, which perpetuate an educational system built on inequality and the growing gap between rich and poor. And this is just one example of the tremendous vulnerability of our systems in the United States. The appointed time has grown short and the present form of this world is passing away. So Paul says what at first may seem like curious advice. From now on, he says, those who are married should act as if they are not married. Those who are grieving should act as if they were not. And likewise, those who are rejoicing. Those who are in business should act as if they were not. I think what Paul is saying here is, we need to focus, people. Put aside your individual circumstances and pay attention to the big picture, to what's happening. Don't let your immediate concerns, your family, your business, even your losses, distract you away from what's happening in the world right now. Don't miss this moment because everything is changing and as Christians, we need to act. But this moment of crisis, of change, is also a moment of profound opportunity. Jesus says this much in the Gospel of Mark. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Bishop William Barber, too, preached an absolutely incredible sermon on Thursday morning at the inauguration prayer service hosted by the National Cathedral. It's posted on Grace's Facebook page, or you can find it online. If you haven't watched it, make sure you do. Barbara quoted many different people, a number of whom I'm quite sure have never been quoted together before in the same sermon. 
Along with Aretha Franklin and Moms Mabley, he quoted the theologian Jürgen Moltmann, who said, Faith, wherever it develops into hope, causes not rest but unrest, not patience but impatience. Those who hope in God can no longer put up with reality as it is, but begin to suffer under it, to contradict it. This kind of faithful, hopeful unrest and impatience, this faithful, hopeful refusal to put up with things as they are, when we've had a kingdom glimpse of things as they could be, this is what it means to live our lives with an eschatological awareness of the early church. We do not have much time on this earth, and none of us knows exactly how much time we have. We can calculate the precise moment of sunset for each day of the year, but not for our own lives. This is another way that the apocalypse of the pandemic has only revealed more pointedly what was already true. The recognition of transience, of impermanence, of the shortness of our days does not have to be morbid or something that we push away. It can be a simple fact that inspires us and empowers us to live with greater purpose, greater love and care, less waffling and more hustle. William Barber in his sermon said, we can't accept the poverty and low wealth of 140 million Americans before COVID-19 and many more millions since. We must have a third reconstruction. We must address the five interlocking injustices of systemic racism, poverty, ecological devastation, denial of healthcare, the war economy, and the false moral narrative of religious nationalism. These are the breaches that must be addressed. And according to the prophet Isaiah, repairing the breaches will bring revival. What a non-coincidence that the five interlocking injustices Barber names overlap so much with the four emergencies President Biden and all of us are facing at the beginning of 2021. So what do we do? What do we do about all of this? Today in the gospel, we hear Mark's version of the call of the disciples, Andrew and Simon Peter and James and John. These men were first responders. They were the first to respond to Jesus' call. They heard him and they got up and left their boats. James and John even left their poor father in the boat. In our own day, it is first responders who are first on the scene at an emergency. They have the training and the skills to help. We are in the midst of a great reckoning in our country, in fact, about the training and skills of many first responders and how systemic racism, a military mentality, and prejudice against the poor combine with disastrous and sometimes deadly results in many instances of policing and emergency response. And I think this is an important point First responders are not just those who act on instinct or those who are the fastest to make a decision about what to do. The best and most prepared first responders have the appropriate training and the moral compass and character to respond swiftly and wisely and courageously. In the church, we call first responder training discipleship. 
all the practices of prayer, of good works, of outreach, of studying the scriptures and learning together, of being in relationship with each other in good times and bad. All of this is our formation, our training, our preparation, so that on the day of decision we can choose to act in consonance with what Jesus would have us do. I think of Capitol Police Officer Eugene Goodman, who risked his life to lead rioters and insurrectionists away from lawmakers at the last moment before they breached their chambers. Eugene Goodman's whole life led him to that moment and to his decision to use himself as bait to protect Congress, his training, his values, his character. We believe that Jesus' call to the first disciples echoes down the centuries to us. And we believe with Paul that the appointed time has grown short and that the present form of this world is passing away. And so we need to act. We need to do our part to bring in God's kingdom. This is going to involve faithful, hopeful, unrest, and impatience with injustice. Martin Luther King Jr. said, the time is always right to do what is right. We don't have much time. There are many emergencies unfolding at once. How will we respond this winter? How will we honor Christ in our own day? In God's name, amen. Thank you.